watch do you watch the office travis you know i never got into the office i watch it but i never like I, i'm not a fanatic about Same. it yeah so you know well, um, david loves it <laughs> I, like, late, later in the series i think around season five or six someone says happy happy holidays and he's like i know what holiday you're talking about you know he goes into this whole rant <laughs> about christmas and you know um he talked talking about all the different kinds of Christmases he experienced at the office. Uh, right. The Moroccan Christmas, a Mo Rocca Christmas. Just give me a, the Mo Rocca. <laughs> Mo Rocca. <laughs> give me a baby in a manger Christmas, baby. That's Jesus all you Christmas. need, man. <laughs> I have my Christmas socks, so now I feel part of the. There you go. Also, you I go. got green. <laughs> green is kind of Christmas. So you got the green, right? the Christmas. So green. nice. Anyway, I'm gonna to bring go. it. I got I got twinkle lights on my ceiling. I was so just gonna say we're good to go, man. Perfect. Perfection. So I'm gonna I'm gonna count us in. (laughs) Yeah. And um we'll get started. Hi there. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome Welcome, to Silhouette's JB Podcast with David. David, how are you doing? Shalom, shalom. Good things, good things. Um, (laughs) Everything is going great. Um, It's the holiday season. We're recording this. November During election 5th, season. Election <laughs> season. And we're just excited to be here. We're excited to record another episode of the podcast. Um, I mean, who are we? What 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 is it about us that um we are Silhouettes JB podcast? Um we are the deepest dive into Jersey Boys you have ever taken. You will ever take. Um the show the and show, the movie. The movie, all the casts. You know, yes. we got Broadway. Everything from the moon and the stars and what, David? And everything and the sun rolled all into one. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we also cover, of course, Las Vegas, the Las Vegas cast. And we got someone very special from both Broadway and the Las Vegas cast with us tonight in the Zoom studio. We got, who do we got, Gia? We have the one and only rock star. In Vegas, Travis Clower. Hell yeah. We got Travis Clower in the house. Travis Clower is the longest running Frankie Valley in Jersey Boys with more than 2,200 performances. That's, I think we figured out that him and Devin May, they hold the most, also from Vegas, Devin holds, of course, the most number of performances for Tommy. And, of course, Travis holds the most number of performances for Frankie Valley, And um, he joined the Broadway company of Jersey Boys as Joe Pesci and the Frankie Valley understudy uh, in February 2007 and then joined the Las Vegas cast in September in 2008 where he played Frankie until they closed in September of 2016. And so Travis is a Jersey boy on stage, but off stage he is a native of the great state of Kansas. How cool is that? He's, I, like I said before, he is truly a rock star in Vegas with three albums, countless cabaret shows, and his West Coast royalty from what it seems to us on the East Coast. Uh, I, I would love to go out there one day. We need to go. Oh, Vegas, it's very fun. It's very fun. I know, fun. yeah. I, David's I, I been, used, I've never been. I used to been. go all the time. I never got to see Jersey Boys in Vegas. What oh. a fucking travesty. <laughs> um, I used to stay at the Palazzo, you know, so hey. I never got to go see it. But um, check out all his music, originals, and covers on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Travis Clower. Please welcome 
if you haven't guessed his name by now, Travis Clower. What is up, you guys? What's, what's going on? What's going on, man? You came to Vegas and never saw the show? What's your problem, man? I... It's, you're fired. I, I'm fired. Sinful. You know what, Travis? You're going to take over from here. <laughs> it's such an oversight. You know, because we used to go see everything. We saw Phantom. We saw all of the Cirque du Soleil shows. We saw Blue Man Beautiful. Group. Um, they never took me to go see Jersey Boys. So it's So it's not like you were a fan of it and didn't see it. You just didn't know about it and no, didn't right. see it. I, Is I, that what's going on? Because I, I, I can let that slide a little bit. I, I, I think it's not, it's not my fault. This is not my we'll, fault. And we'll, and we'll leave it at that. We'll, we'll leave, leave it, it at that. that. And, and you, so in 2008, you were only eight years old, too. So. That that could have so – you were young. eight in 2008? No, 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 no. I was, I was 13. Yeah. 13? 13. I really Still, messed that up. We're I born was in 96. Four, no, 95. No, yeah, we, were, we were 12. We were – you were 13. I was, I was 12. I, I was, so I was 13. I had just turned yeah. 13. When Travis joined – the Las, yeah. Ve- the Las Vegas company. I had just turned 13. I had just had my bar mitzvah. Um, and you know yeah. what? I should have had that in the stipulations of my bar, mitz- my bar mitzvah you contract. <laughs> I, you know what? Mom and dad, if you're listening now. Yeah, I'm let's very, go back in time. Make it happen. Very, make yeah, it let's happen. Let's get the DeLorean. It, they, have, they have Back to the Future, the musical, <laughs> in, the, in the UK right now. So, Oh, um, do they really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... As we go in back in time, think talking about going back in time, we go back in time in the life of Travis Clower, the early yeah. years. Ah, this is your life. Here we go. Let's take hoi, it back. Hoi. Yes, de- we, so, we really want to get to know you because, uh, of course, we watched like all of your interviews, like dating from years back until now, and we, of course, at, at Silhouette Studio Podcast, we want to ask you the most niche questions and actually make sure. it worthwhile for you. So just tell us about like how you got into music. Like You're from Kansas. That's so cool. I feel like none of us really know what it's like in the Midwest. Yeah, it's uh, I, I originally from Kansas City, but I went to high school in a really small town. And uh, my dad uh, was a music minister, so we always had music. You know, He was always doing music at church and stuff, so that's, that's kind of where I got my start was singing in church with my dad and, and my brothers. And uh, once I, I really started getting serious about it, though, once I got into high school, and we moved uh, just west of Kansas City to a really small town called Baser, Kansas. And it was super small, like one road that had the bank and the school and the grocery store on it. It's super tiny. But I had this really cool music teacher there that I just happened to stumble into his class you know I was, I was looking for I had a couple of electives that I got to choose and I was like yeah you know I'll maybe go sing in the choir so I had this music teacher this uh, this great guy named Brad Haynes who lives in Orlando now and uh yeah I live there see? too I went to school I there. know <laughs> and uh he kind of just took me under his wing you know and, and saw the the raw clay and kind of just shaped it and really introduced me to the world of musical theater because I hadn't had much uh, exposure to it at all before that. You know, I, I I would watch you know like Little Shop of Horrors movie on TV Ayo. and stuff, and yeah, and and even then watching that, I didn't. I look back at it now, like I didn't realize that I was interested in it because it was something that I wanted to do with my life, but I knew that I liked it. But when I got into high school and was exposed to this material and uh, these different shows and these different composers, I was like, "Ah, oh, man, this is this is where I want my life to go. This is what I wanted to do." 
And so he cast me in my first production of Grease. We were talking about Grease a little while ago, or you were quoting Grease a little while ago. <laughs> and uh, and it was all, you know, history from there, man. So it was wow. it was really his doing that really got me on uh, – his doing in combination with my, my parents and their musical influence. But as far as, like, the musical theater influence, it was really him that kind of set me on the path that I've stayed on. Love it. We love yeah. that. And to go from Greece to Jersey Boys, you know, it's it's the same Italian yeah. thing. So yeah. It kind of seems like Wait, it's prophesizing. I just, I just realized, I mean, like, all the guys in Greece and all the guys and gals, like, they're all, they're all Italian. Aren't they're all they? Italian. <laughs> and it's wow. funny, too, because my, my school was so small. I think I was, I think I was triple cast in the show somehow. <laughs> I know that I played Duty. No, I played Roger. I, I know that I Project. sang Hand Jive, and then... Oh, I, that's Vince Fontaine. And then, yeah, and then also Teen Angel. So I was all over the place. Because <laughs> we only had like... Oh. Man, we only had like three guys <laughs> in the whole department, and one of them could only be Danny Zuko, you know yeah. what I mean? He couldn't do any other stuff. So. Of course. So right. I got to jump around and do all the... Uh, the fill-in stuff. I, I, the tracks. You you started with the tracks. That's right. That's, Total yeah, that's like a swing. I started as a swing. There yes. we go. You know? Swinging with Cl- Travis Clower. <laughs> that's right. Um, that's a whole other bo- plot podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you study music theory or play instruments growing up? You know, I, I didn't. My dad tried to teach me, uh, stick me in piano lessons when I was, I don't know, like second grade. Mm-hmm. And I wish to god that i would have stayed with it but i didn't because i just i don't know man it just i was in second grade you yeah know? of course but uh i wish i would have i play guitar now though uh nice. i taught started teaching myself that i don't know maybe i don't know 15 20 years ago and just uh stayed up with that and so the, you went to kansas state university right and then that's you right went to New yeah York. so how did that transition yeah. go uh it was crazy man i um uh, Went to K-State for four years and studied music and theater there and did some great shows there and uh, really fine-tuned my acting chops and uh, my vocal chops with my uh, voice teachers. And uh, After I graduated college, I actually moved to Nashville for a little while because I was working at a theme park down there for a few years. And, Fun! Uh, at, Which one? Yeah, Opryland USA, baby. I yeah. have what is to, it called? Upperland or Operaland? Opryland. Oh, you can't Opryland. go there now because they tore it down about five years ago and built a mall. So, <laughs> oh, oh no! God. So that's that. And this was a great place, man. Like like superstars got their starts there. You know, this all these. It was just this music park that you know had like roller coasters and stuff, but tons of live shows. It was great. You know. So I lived in uh, Nashville for a little while, and uh, I finally moved to New York in 98, I guess it was. And, uh, you know, I had saved some money and, and hopped up there, and I was living with my girlfriend at the time and pounding the pavement and doing what actors do when they move to New York, you know? This little kid from Kansas going to the big city and uh, doing auditions during the day and, and waiting tables at night. And uh, just trying to make some things happen, you know? Of course. Oh, my God. I mean – Like Frankie. Like, I wish I could just that's make right. something happen. That's right. That's right. You know, people people are moving to New York. I mean, they're saying it's it's a, it's a no better time than now to move to New York, for, you know, like if you're young and – Yeah, sure. Because everyone's moving out. But it's like what does pounding the pavement mean now? You know, like you can mm-hmm. – uh, I know, man. It's so – it's things have, things have just – 
become so different. Um, but yeah, well, back when I was doing it, it was you know getting a copy of Backstage and yep. finding which auditions you were ready to go to that week and highlighting the ones you wanted to go to and getting up at, you know, because I didn't have an agent at the time, so getting up at 5.30 in the morning and trying to warm up a little bit yeah. and hopping on the train and going and standing <laughs> in line forever for all these auditions and hoping that you get seen. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. And uh, that was the life. And yeah, this was when Backstage time. was a magazine, Right. That's right, man. It was <laughs> the you know the whole newspaper situation. So yeah, wow, yeah, it was nuts, man. Right, when yeah, you... and now it's it's like a how much is a subscription now for backstage Nin- online? Ninety dollars a year. What time would you have to get up to go to any call? A lot of them would be like the sign up starts at eight, so I'd get there. I don't know, maybe six thirty, and there'd already be a lineup of people. And you know, thinking back yep. now on that life, it kind of makes you want to throw up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Were you but, equity at this point? No, no I wasn't. Right. So I was going to like every audition every I call, could, you right. know, equity and not equity. Yeah. And the equity ones, you know, I'd go and I'd sign up on the not equity list and hope to get seen. Mm-hmm. And you just have to sit and wait and hope that they'll, you know, get around to seeing you. Sometimes they did. Sometimes so, they didn't. And and sometimes you have to wait all day for them to tell you that they're not yeah. going to see you. Yeah, exactly. Right. It is a waiting game all the time. Like it waiting is, for your man. break, waiting just for the audition, just to get in the room, and it takes yeah. years to really get there. And and it's yeah, it's and yet crazy. we still do it. You were with Jersey Boys for ten years straight. Like you're the yeah. longest, as you told us, like you were the longest running, like Frankie That's or right, any man. actor in the show in the history yeah. of Jersey Boys. It was and a long time. A long time. And and you never – well, question, did you ever get tired of it? Because I know there's so – like for us, like when we're young, it's all about like working a year or two and then finding a sure. different job or trying something yeah, else yeah, and yeah. just constantly moving. But there um, is such a rite of passage to what you did. I think that – I don't want to say I got tired of it. There were definitely mm-hmm. times where you know, you'd, you'd walk off stage and you wouldn't remember doing a scene because you know autopilot kind of just took over. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's that's part of the actor's job is to figure out ways to make it fresh and to stay present as right. as much as you possibly can. Um, I always said that I would stop doing the show when I stopped enjoying doing it, and that never happened. You know, we closed before I had that opportunity, mm-hmm. and I think it was because there was just something not only special about this show, but about this music. Because uh, I was I was brought up. My mom was a singer, and and Growing up with her, it was always listening to the great groups and the great singers from her youth, from the 50s and the 60s. And so I had this music kind of just like in my blood and in my soul, you know. And I had always been a Four Seasons fan long before Jersey Boys was even in anybody's mind. So to be able to sing this music and to get paid to do it and deliver this story, it just – it was something that – you know, I just I look back on it now with just this unbelievable fondness, and uh, just really still sometimes can't believe that it happened. You know, every time Des would come see the show, uh, that man gave great notes. You know, mm-hmm. not notes to where he would tell you what to do, but notes where you would you would be done with the session and you would just have this completely different way of thinking about things 
you know, nice. not not huge ways, but something just a little bit that would tweak your performance in just a little bit of a nuance that would make it more authentic. Every single time he gave notes, that was that was wow. what would happen. Do you look into the audience like every night? Because like, that would distract um, me. But of course, if you're doing it for as long as you did, it makes sense. I don't make it a habit, you know, in in performances to actually. I, I just don't like looking directly at people. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I look. I, I I make it look like I'm looking. I look in that that's, direction. That's it. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Unless I see somebody just having a heck of a time, and then I'll just vibe off of them and want to connect but, with them. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I, I can imagine how difficult that must be at New World stages in that smaller – or in the crews with the, those smaller productions where yeah. – I mean obviously you know, in the huge theaters, you can look out into the audience without looking at people's eyes. But sure. you know – I'm um, Well, in New York at the August Wilson, I mean you were – you were on top of people. You didn't have any choice. Right. But I could – my eyesight's not the best. But uh, like in, in Vegas, we would look out, and I'd, I'd make it you know, maybe two or three rows until it started getting blurry. Yeah. And in New York, man, you're looking a good 20 rows deep before mm-hmm. – you know, so you, wow. you can feel their energy yeah. and their eyeballs <laughs> on you. Yeah, because the August Wilson wasn't that that big. Especially when you go on as the cover – for the Tony Award winner, who everybody was coming to see, and they get to see. Oh, oh no! Hey, okay, I'm sure well, they let, got. Let's a talk hell about of a that. Perform- like, they got a hell of a good performance, times, man. Wait, <laughs> so did, did you see the audiences? I like what? You could feel it. Oh, you could feel it. Oh, it was man. impalpable. It, it was. It was like nothing that I've ever experienced. Wow. You know that whole buildup of Frankie's entrance, and I'm backstage. Getting ready to do my little skip across the catwalk. <laughs> yes. And the music's building up and it's building up. And here I come. And I, as soon as I get into eyesight of everybody, I can just feel the hate oh. coming at me. <laughs> That's <laughs> horrible. My wife was at one show when I went on. And she heard this woman behind her, you know, open up her playbill and see my name fall out. And uh, was just sitting there listening to this woman talk about how pissed off she was that the understudy was on. Uh-huh. And uh, half at intermission, the lady started to talk about how great I was. And my wife turned around and said, well, that's actually my husband. And her, we were engaged her. at the time. But <laughs> Hell yeah. She told me all this stuff, man. So I was like, yeah, I could, I could feel that. I could feel it. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. it all worked out, it's and you good. won them over. And it did. I, I That's right. That's bet right. She flew to Vegas to see you. She better like, have. I bet she did. Let's backtrack a little to your yeah. your audition or your your tape yes. that you sent in to Tara Rubin Casting before you even got in the room. Can you tell us about that? I appreciate the fact that it it was a demo audio tape and not right. and not a video. Like that just says so much. Like it's all yeah. about the music. Yeah, totally. Oh, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, I uh, I had I had gone off to I left New York after I had been there the first time, and I was doing uh, like production show work on um, some cruise ships, which is where I met my wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, we left the ships, and I was kind of in limbo, figuring out where I wanted to be if I wanted to move back to New York or if I wanted to stay somewhere else and still pursue show business, but different ways, you know. And uh, I had seen that this show had opened up, and I was so pissed off because I was like, of course, this show opens up when I'm not in New York to audition for it. 
So I, like you said, I recorded an audio demo of me singing. I, I think like Sherry and Walk Like a Man, Can't Take My Eyes Off You, and and I think maybe My Eyes Adored You or something like that. Just mm-hmm. kind of mixed them down to like a little demo. And uh, this is back before, you know, self taping was really like as as big as it is now. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'd recorded this thing, and a friend of mine that I was doing an industrial with had worked with Charlie Colello on nice. one of her records. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So she's like, "You got to, I got to get this to Charlie, you know, and maybe, you know, we can get it into the casting, and so we'll see what we can do." So I gave it to them. Uh, he got Charlie got it and got it into casting's hands, and they actually listened to it. And and this was completely unsolicited too. This is like guy, hi, I can I can sing these songs too. Want to hear? Here you go. So, but they actually listened to it. Yeah. And uh, the next thing I know, I got a call from Mary Sugarman at Tara uh, Rubin's office. Yep. And, nice. And uh, asked, yeah, asked me to come up to New York for an audition, and uh, away I went. That was the way to set yourself apart. Yeah. And, and the yeah. balls, too, to do that. It's like, no, it's <laughs> the true. The balls I, know, I, th- you, I, look back, I look yeah. back at it now. I've always been the kind of guy that's kind of like taking, you know, things into my own hands. You know, whether or not they listen sure. to it or not. I did what I could do, at least. Yes. And you had the connection. You went for it. And and, yeah. and just to reiterate, again, everyone, the show opened in November 2005. Tony's, you know, June 2006. A year later, you were there. Yeah. I remember meeting Mary. It was her and a piano player, and I got I, – I remember this the day I die. I got done singing Moody's Mood for her, and she was just – she leaned forward on the table, and she was like, can I get a cocktail? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm like, Yay! I think I won the casting director over. Hey. So – uh, but then, you know, I, I stuck around. I was on my way back to the airport. And I got a phone call from her asking if I could stick around town for another audition. So I got off the train and got on, you know, called my friend and said, hey, can I stay another night? Stuck around for another audition and uh, made it through that. And then uh, I, I don't think it was after, right after that audition, but a few days later, got another call when I was back home. And they asked me if, uh, if I was available to fly to La Jolla and audition for Dez. Wow. Sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. So at at that one, it was me and one other guy. So I I knew my chances were pretty good. It's like your own private Um, Frankie camp. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, man. Seriously. I got into the show before they start, right before they started doing the Frankie camp stuff. Okay. Wow. Um, OG. So, uh, yeah, so I did that, and, you know, I must have done something right uh, because I I remember I was doing – and in that, that same industrial with the same friends in Nashville, we were rehearsing in Nashville, and uh, I got uh, a message, a voicemail, and it was Tara Rubin, and she said, "Give me a call." So <laughs> on one of my breaks in <laughs> the rehearsal, yeah, I I, so I gave her a call. She was like, "So do you want to come be on Broadway?" And I was like, "Yeah, man, what a what a." She's yeah, so amazing. Yeah. Her it and was, Mary, they're both so amazing. They're because so they, great, they understand. Man the weight of this and for you to hear yeah, those words. Absolutely. Yeah. So you get it. It's incredible. You get to Broadway and you're yeah. you're Joe Pesci and you're understanding Frankie. Yeah. How um how many times did you go on as Frankie? On how often? Broadway? I, I it wasn't often, often, but there were it was definitely, you know, a, a regular kind of thing. Um because I was on you know, I would understudy uh both 
John Lloyd Young and Michael Longoria, who was doing the matinees. So I was the first go-to guy for either one of those guys when uh, when they would need to call out or they had a you know a conflict or whatever. I do recall the first time that I went on for John. Uh, it was the first time I went on for him ever, and I know that. I don't remember doing any of it. I, re- I, re- I remember that day leading up to it, but the actual performance is just a blur, complete blur. I don't Until blame you. I, I was able to like relax and breathe finally at the very end when we were doing our four final monologues. And of course, I'm, I get to stand there for you know 15 minutes while the other guys are talking and just kind of like – and just – Take in where I was standing and what was happening. The old neighborhood. You know what I mean? It was just – it was so cool. And looking back on that moment – and then, of course, I turn around and I don't remember anything else from the rest of the show. <laughs> uh, but I do remember running off stage. I had my camera waiting off stage. So when it was me, Bobby Spencer, Christian Hoff, and, and Daniel Reichert, we do our little final jump where we run off. And I remember – we got off stage, and I said, stop, you guys. I got to take a picture to remember this moment. So we took our a little selfie of the four of us, and I've got it hanging on my wall downstairs. I'll send you a copy. Oh, please. please. That I would be that. beautiful. Be so yeah. that that um, that thing where they all hug, and uh, that's choreographed in, where they yep. all walk on off stage yeah. together? Yeah. Oh. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, awesome. And with your beautiful. camera, what kind of camera did you use? Oh man, it was like it was just one of the little old school point shoots, you know. It was digital though. Oh, so so you see, he is. Yeah. It was digital. Okay. Yeah, so, I, okay. St- I still have my camera from like from so, that too. Good uh, job. It was a Sony. It was a Sony. It was like three that's, megapixels, that's but it was all right. It was you good. Know? It was guys. Good. Travis is legit. Okay. I mean, he's got good. a Sony digital. I, I got all the equipment. That's right. Now I, I mean, got a Lightroom right now. You look, guys, come on. Yes, look at that. Look at his I mean, microphone his right microphone. now. Okay, keep back. So. When when Travis does his amazing uh, solo videos on YouTube, which you have to check out, he's using the microphone he's using right now. That's and right. I've been using. I actually, this is the mic that I sing my Jersey Boys demo into. To be honest, what I've had it that long, yeah. Yo. Wow. Yo, it's just, yo, it, it's yo. Just, it works for me, man. It's got a good sound yeah. and it's got some good mojo. Honestly, so it looks it. brand new. It does. It looks yeah. like when I. The the first time I saw it was in the the Nightingale Saint Barker yeah. Square video, and I was wait mm-hmm. that microphone looks like it looks beautiful. I mean, look and beautiful. So I just wanna just wanna uh, point something out. If you this is a question that I have had for a long time and never got an answer, but while preparing for this interview with Travis, um, we finally solidified the timeline of when the two show Frankie started. Um, yeah. So, Travis, you came to the show in February of 20, February. 2007. Um, and you told us that um, – because th- there was no two-show Frankie at the time, but the swings right. and the understudies, they, they were covering for when – Right. Uh, so, uh, John, John Lloyd Young, was doing eight shows a week until uh, they until the Tonys hit. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Until the Tonys hit, and then after that, you know, he had, uh, uh, you know, contract came up, so he negotiated it down, and a, a lot of lead roles do that in on Broadway, just because it's, you know, you're a lead role and it's it's exhausting, and then on top of that, you're singing <laughs> Frankie Valli music, <laughs> you know, 
it's completely exhausting. So he negotiated down to do just the six shows, which meant uh, Michael Longoria, who was playing Frankie or uh, Joey at the time, popped up to cover the two matinee spots. But that left a bit of a hole uh, for all his other ensemble things, his others. And during, I guess it was about, it was about a six-month period or so before, while that started and then I joined the show, that the swings were covering all these uh, other parts that, uh, that were normally part of the Joe Pesci track. So I, I basically created, they created this track and they needed someone to do it. And that's how I got the job. And they called the track Gabe. So I, origi- I, Gabe. I, I, origina- I originated wow. the role of Gabe, Gabe in the Broadway company of Original Jersey Boys. Broadway cast. <laughs> Travis Clark. And, I, and I, I think that name came around. It was it was just the, the swings taking a piss, just giving you know, that track just the stupidest name that they could, and it stuck. So... I, I might have even be li- been listed in that playbill as Gabe. I'm not Gabe. sure. I'll have to go back and look. But. Ooh, we'll have to yeah. look. We'll have to get Oh, yeah. oh me, oh my. Oh, um, yeah, my. So, and then Michael Longoria would play Joey. and He would you... play Joey six times a week on the evening performances, and then Frankie, the two matinees. Um, but then he negotiated that that's all that he his new contract was that's what he would do he would pay Joey on six shows and Frankie on two shows so all of the other ensemble stuff that that track uh, had been doing is what the swings were covering correct and so, so he was only when playing I, when, Joey Joey and Frankie that's right so when I came in I was doing Joey playing Joey two shows a week on the matinees and then the six the, the other six shows. I was doing Gabe. all of the. Oh, I was Gabe. Gabe, <laughs> yes. Gabe. singing backstage, singing vocals backstage, and doing all the furniture moving. So, okay. so Tusha Frankie was after Tony Awards. Correct. Great. Now you ha- well now no. you know now you now know, you know now you know strap in folks. And then Michael Longoria took over as Frankie, mm-hmm. and then you took over as Joey. I took over as Joey, uh, and there was uh, a little bit of time where they didn't have a two-show guy while they were trying to find somebody, and they found Corey Grant. That's the one. That's, That's the, the one. one. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, so we did that for a little while, yeah. and uh, there was a, a two about a two-week period before I moved out to Vegas where, um, where I was playing Frankie full-time. And uh, then in 2008, Eight in September. They well, they had opened up the Vegas company in May, and uh, in September, um, they asked me to move out here, and here we are. It's a promotion. That's right. It's a promotion. Amazing. Um, That's right. So did you? Did you Because repl- Buery and Fanyo opened up mm-hmm. the company, right? Yeah. And was there already? They opened up with that four-four split. No, they. I get confused on the timeline too. It's so confusing. So just so everyone knows, we when, ta- we talked about this with Aaron De Jesus, whom Travis did the show with, our dear friend right. Aaron De Jesus. Um, he said he told us about that four four split that because mm-hmm. of that horrible climate over there. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Um, they were doing six and two when they opened here, right? And uh, because when I moved out here, we did we were still doing six and two for a little while for about six months before. Uh, 
after I moved out here, we were doing six and two split. And I was doing the uh, two show. But we didn't do matinees. We did mm. two shows a night. We would do a show. <laughs> what? Have like, listen, man, it was horrible. <laughs> horrible. But that's this was what the casino wanted. So this is what oh. they got. We would do, uh, I think the first show started at 6.30 or 7. And it's the two. full show. Uh-huh. Yeah, minus 18, minus 18 minutes. Mo- and most of that coming out of cut? the intermission. Okay. Ten, ten, minute, ten minutes came out of the intermission. Got it. Okay. But the cuts, you know, because the casino wanted it down to an hour and a half. People in, people back out gambling. And Dodgers and Bob and Frankie were like, no, that's not going to happen. This is what it's going to be. We'll trim it down as much as we can. But And they would literally take a word here or two words here and so it was it was still brilliant you know it was like the great show just just a little bit condensed okay a little bit condensed. so we would do yeah on well, uh, I think it was, but, uh, exactly yeah. <laughs> I think it was tuesday tuesdays and saturdays we would do two shows and so it was like a seven o'clock we'd do the show cast would have a break an hour break thank god and then do it again love that equity hour it would start at like it would start at like nine the show would start at nine thirty, and we'd be getting walking off stage after midnight yep it was horrible wow <laughs> it, was, it was rough man was i mean rough. that's so we on the cruise they do that same kind of deal they do a seven they do a seven thirty and a ten thirty. Yeah. now they're they're only doing an hour and a half right. they're really only doing an hour and a half but I mean, no intermission. N- no, no, mm-hmm. right, no intermission. But yeah. this is a whole different ball game. You're doing yeah. the full show, and it's, it, it was the biggest production ever. Oh yeah, it, it was, was enormous. The, it was enormous. The biggest production ever. Um, yeah. And and that that schedule kind of stayed the same throughout our full run. There was one part at, towards <laughs> the end of our run where we dropped to only doing six shows a week, but but all oh. all the way up through doing eight shows, it was always you know there were two nights a week where. You're gonna be there for a while. God bless. God yeah. bless. So who yeah. did who did you replaced Bwery when you came? I, in? I replaced Dom. Dom Skaggs was out here, and yeah. I can't remember. Mm. I can't remember if he was doing the two shows or if he was Joey. I can't remember exactly who I had replaced, um, but. I know that Dom was here, and then when I came here, he went to New York. To New York, so. right? Yeah. Oh. He went to New York. So. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I'm a little bit confused. So Joe Buery and Rick Fagno, they were, they were, they were. So I guess by the time you got there, one of them had left. I think so. I'm sorry. My texts are going off here. Um, After I got, yeah, I got here and one of those, if if Buery was here, he was the one that left because I was here for quite a while. Rick and I were right. the Frankies here for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Right. And like I said, about six months after I got here is when, you know, we kind of had this powwow and, uh, <coughs> excuse me, this meeting with the powers that be and just them realizing that this show was killing us out here. Mm-hmm. You know, um, particularly, you know, uh, Rick because he was having to sing this crazy show out here where there's you know two three percent humidity on any given day and it's just it, it was hard it was 
again, the most difficult thing I've ever done, singing this show and then singing it out here. Uh, so about six months after I got here, we switched to the four and four scenario where he would do four shows and I would do four shows. Where did you guys – did they put you up in any of the hotels? Where were they, they? Did, uh, they didn't put us up in a hotel. Uh, they, they, have, they had a, a situation worked out with equity where they had to provide housing for, I think, six months or something oh, nice. like that. And, and then you after that, if you own. were still here, you were on your own. So it was a cushy relocate as opposed to just saying, hey, okay. you're going to Vegas. <laughs> right, opposite help. of Tommy's experience. Yeah, you exactly. Would <laughs> So um, when did you first meet Tommy DeVito? Uh, when did I first meet Tommy? Um, he – I just wrote this story the other day after I learned about his passing. Um, he saw the show one day here in Las Vegas, and I was on. And I had come out of my dressing room, and he was in the hallway. And uh, I knew he was there. But I hadn't met him yet, so I came out of my dressing room in the hallway, and he kind of just looked at me for a minute and was – I'll never, never forget this. He just looked at me. He's like, you're good. That, yep. And I was like, you're good. Hey! You're, you're, <laughs> stamp of approval. Stamp of approval. Of course. So what after did you that, say? Man, like, was, what, what was – like? Uh, how did your face react? Kind of kind of like what you just did. I was like, like, uh, like no words. No yeah. Words, but I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you, you know. Beautiful. Yeah, and then he he turned into this guy, you know, that would come see the show and bring friends, and he'd always come backstage and get love from everybody and take pictures, and uh, you know, his his family was here, and they would invite us over to their house all the time, and we'd have dinner, and we'd sit around and listen to stories, and then we the guitars would come out, we would just sit around for hours, just hanging out, eating food drinking wine, playing guitars, listening to stories, and it was just nuts thinking Imagine. back about it, but it was it was great. Do any so stories great. stand out? He, uh, I, I remember a few that he was telling me about his time with the Kansas City mob, because I'm from Kansas City, so I was interested in that, and uh, <laughs> just, it was, he was, he was a... He was an interesting guy, man. He was a connected he, he did guy. Some, he, he was definitely connected. <laughs> he, was, he, sure. was, he was a made For man. Sure. He was a made For man. For sure. For sure. Um, well, can you so share? We gotta ask, so you've been the, the show for th- that long. Can you tell any like mishaps or goofs that oh, happened? Oh, man. They, uh, there's just too many to count, really. <laughs> um, just, you know, lines just vanishing. You know, <laughs> one, one spot that I would always – have to go over the the monologue for without a doubt every time before I did it was in the second act coming to uh, coming out with Lorraine at the bar mm-hmm. I would have to review that because there were so many times there was one time uh, I was with I can't remember who was playing Lorraine at the time and uh, I got about I don't know quarter of the way through it and uh, just went to the white room and <laughs> didn't know what to say i had no idea so i just looked at her and off i went and i just left because <laughs> i knew i knew that eventually my character left the stage sure, and then sure. tommy came down so i was like i don't know what's gonna i don't know so i'm just i'm gone you guys figure it out i'm out of here <laughs> uh, peace 
<laughs> I'll later. see you on the other side later. <laughs> oh man. And there were and there were there were plenty of times when the fire alarms would go off in the casino, and the way that the casinos are built, fire alarms go off, all music automatically shuts off, and all power to the theater shut off except for like the lights. So we're out there singing, and then everything just and you you just gotta all right, let's get off the stage. So we walk off stage, and then they're like, okay, let's pick it back up, and then we start again. So so did you ever have to call out or go on? Oh yeah, mid show mid scene. Oh, yeah. uh, I there were times where I would have I got called on to go on mid show, and there were a few times where you know vocally you're just done, and mm-hmm. I had to say you know what i'm yeah. done <laughs> how bad does it have to be where stage mm-hmm. stage management is like yeah you need to because uh, 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 laura dreyfus who was um mm-hmm. zoe murphy and dear Van hansen like she mm-hmm. was having this horrible hiccup attack in the middle of oh the show and like she couldn't say a line and she was like i need to call out and the stage managers laughed at her that is unbelievable. <laughs> I never had a hiccup attack. Um, I, I, uh, and a, a few of the other Frankie guys out here, um, there were, we all have had a few vocal scares. I, throughout my time here, I know that I had at least three vocal hemorrhages where th- the first one that I had, um, I was out of the show for two and a half weeks on complete vocal rest while things happened and it happened right in the middle of a show and uh i of course being the idiot that i was back then thought that i could muscle through it and i just you know there's looking back now i'm like oh my god thinking about doing that now makes me want to vomit but uh but yeah i know that uh graham had issues i had issues i know rick had issues it's just because you're singing this stuff that first of all it's not naturally in us the way that it was Frankie you know what I mean we're trying to emulate and sound like someone else's voice and that's not normal and then we were doing it out here where this climate just destroys you you know as a singer and uh you know we had great support with our voice coach back in New York but there were times where we're like man you know I can't do it but I know that it it made us have this kind of uh, this camaraderie, you know, between the Frankies out here because we we knew what it took to do this role and we knew what it took out of you so we could relate. And, and anybody that people can kind of understand, you know, how it feels to have to do this show and play this role particularly, but until you've done it, you don't really quite understand the depth of it. You know, the pressure of everyone in the world knowing what this singer sounds like and you have to go out there and deliver the goods night after night after night you know what i mean so that you don't let them down and you don't let yourself down because you want to do a good job but uh it was there's a lot of weight you know and we have this brotherhood now myself and all the frankies worldwide because we we know what it takes to do this role and it's yeah, a lot right. And it adds and, to the brotherhood, of course. Yeah. What does a vocal hemorrhage feel like? 
It doesn't feel like anything. It doesn't feel like a single thing. You don't even Nothing. know that it's happening. There's there's no nerve endings on your vocal folds. And the only way that you this kind of sounds gross, but there's like this little there's a membrane on your on your vocal cords. And the hemorrhage happens underneath that M, that membrane when one of the blood vessels pops. And then it fills up that membrane with a little pool of blood. So then your vocal cords aren't connecting the way they should because there's this pool of liquid in the way. And so your voice just disappears. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll and, never look back and, and, and feel bad about trying to power through it. That's your job. You, yeah. You know what was going on. Yeah. It's such a, but, it's uh, such a sensitive subject, you know, yeah. dealing with vocal health. But yeah, you know, it is. It's I, a very the voice is a very fragile, fra- fragile thing. As a singer and musician myself, you know, I, I really approach the way you you. I I really like the way you approached Frankie from a singer standpoint. You know, oh thank it, you. Yeah, you know, figuring out and mastering the transition between the chest register and the falsetto register is so yeah key to be able to sing the role and sustain it four to eight times a week. And it's um, tough, man. The 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 biggest. You know, a lot of people would say, you know, how how do you sing that falsetto stuff? Why is it how, is it so hard? And, um, you know, if if you ask some of the other Frankies, they'll probably tell you the same thing. The falsetto wasn't necessarily the hardest part. It was Frankie's that full voice register. because it was it was so like his speaking voice was up here all the time. You know what I mean? So he he was there naturally. Just naturally, you hear my up. voice. I'm like I'm a nice you know Barry Tenor going on right now, and so to stay up there around. F's and G's and A's the whole and, time, and, and those those is... F's and those G's, and I mean depending on where your passaggio is, but the F and the G's and the G sharps and the A's, it's like right there in the break, man. So you have yeah, to, man. Uh, it's like right on the edge, right the on the time. edge. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I, I Richard told us that part of the audition is to sing "I Let It Get Away," and that's yeah. like, I mean you're singing that right after "Can't Take." Yeah. Where yeah. You're, you're singing those G sharps, um, and, yeah. and you're, that was you're, the, you're that was good, that was one done. of that was one of the banes of my show, you know, knowing that I had to get to that point, because there were there were plenty of times where I didn't get to that point. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, right. you know, at all. You know, you're singing, like you said, you you just did went from can't take my eyes off you right into work on my way and that's those two songs back to back are a marathon dude and if and if you're not in the right place mentally in the right place physically and vocally you know you got to have those things just kind of meet up like that and if one of them's off you get to that last note and it's just like okay let's move on to the monologue it's so common in in, in the industry for you know, veteran actors, you know, who have played Elphaba in Wicked, you know, Elsa in Frozen, mm-hmm. uh, Frankie, and it, it's, it's, they, they come out of the show with major vocal wear and tear, you know, yeah. but, you know, you sang the role for more than nine years and you're still, you still sound again, like butter, man. Uh, I mean, I, I love you. listening to, to, uh, to Nightingale and listening to you sing those, those soprano and alto notes oh, on thanks, top. Man. And, uh, you really, you, you've maintained excellent vocal health. I try to, you know, I, uh, I always, I always want to be better, you know, and I, I, I just want to, I, I never want to have someone look at me and think, oh, he used to sound pretty good. 
I always I always want to sound as good as I can, and uh, so I I I do what I can. You know, I I try to stay healthy, and I try to you know uh, keep up my chops and. Hopefully we'll keep them going for a while. Yeah, and dude, I mean your your mix is just so it's just so in there. Oh, thank you. Um, I I was um the, the video with you and Robbie Robinson at the church. Yeah, um, you're singing Sunday kind of. Everyone, go watch that video, please. It is it's beautiful. Really, it was, that was a moment, man. That was so crazy. Well, t- tell us about that. So, how did you meet Robbie? And, and where he did you go to, to meet him? He, in that he got he got my number. Um, you know, just from Jersey Boys World. And uh, he had he he's from Lynchfield, Illinois, and every couple of years they do this benefit back at his hometown. He's kind of like their hometown hero. So he uh, he does his benefit to this this year was for a hospital, and I can't remember if he does it for the same one every year, but this year was for a hospital. And so he calls in all these favors from everybody, you know. Uh, the horn section that we sang with in that particular show was, you know, guys from the Blues Brothers band and Tower of Power and all just these just unbelievable singers and players. It was nuts. And he called because, of course, they wanted to do some Four Seasons stuff. So he gave me a call to see if I was available or interested. And I said, yeah, man, let's do it. So we flew up there. And I think for, for my part of his little show, I sang – just some four season stuff, some like like Sherry and a couple other tunes, and uh, but the day that I got there, we needed to rehearse some stuff. So, him being from there, he knew everybody, and he's like, "I got this church. We can go hang out and practice in this church." So we went into the church and found ourselves up in the the balcony. There, it was me, him, and um, man, I can't remember Chuck and and then uh, Robbie's brother who were seasons. Mm. And so we were up there oh and we were God. running through yeah. the music and, and there's a huge pipe organ there. It's and so gorgeous. I was like, Robbie, I was like, Robbie, we have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> we have to do this. So he started playing. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, let me get my phone out. So I set my phone up and they taped us doing it. And uh, it's, it was just one of those things where we're like man like art meets life you know so you know what we're just gonna take um everyone we're just gonna take a quick break right now thank you very much and we're back we're back we're back and it's christmas talking time hello Hello. (laughs) i think we need and we need christmas right now you guys come on we all, we love talking about the Jersey Boys Christmas CD. Yeah. Um, as you it's all a know good from one. Ron Melrose episode, um, it was his idea yeah. to do it, and Travis was one of the key singers on the album. Mm-hmm. So, what was that experience like? It was great, man. the The record, of course, features um, all the Frankies that were playing Frankie worldwide at that time when it was recorded, and we all we each got to do two songs, and. Uh, Ron and Bob got together, wrote these cool arrangements of these of these great songs, and it's it's pretty much a concept Christmas album if you listen to it because each of the songs kind of goes along with the feel of of the story and the music the uh, music of Jersey Boys the the stage show, and uh, um, so Ron picked who was going to sing which song and uh, presented them to us. 
and we sat down with him one night, figured out which key was going to be great for us, and then they wrote the arrangements and went into the studio and recorded all the instruments and all the background vocals and then sent us those tracks. Um, I then was flown to Nashville and where we recorded uh, the record. Yeah. And, uh, man, it was so cool to be in this great, great studio in Nashville with Bob and uh, with Ron. And it was just one of these so surreal experiences where I'm in the studio and I've got my headphones on and I'm singing these songs and Bob Gaudio's behind the booth producing this song and directing me and Ron's in the room with me. Okay, try try this, do one of these, and uh, okay, I'll try it like this. And uh, it was just so crazy man it was so crazy but super super cool oh and your track is beautiful man that beautiful oh, tone you. and the seamless transition of registers oh thanks and man. a silver <laughs> bells it's like yeah um so he so guys he sang silver bells it was a medley of silver bells and silent night um yeah. and if you saw uh they did a quarantine him Devin may eric bergen and jeff lebo did a mm-hmm. quarantine video of sherry and it's yeah. like basically th- it's the same kind of doo-wop. So did you con- – who came up with that, that quarantine? I came, up, I came up with that arrangement. I've been, uh, I've been doing that particular arrangement in my solo cabaret stuff, which we'll talk about in a little bit, um, since the show closed. Uh, I wanted to do some – you know, I had to do some Jersey Boy stuff because that's who I was billing myself as. But I wanted to do it differently, so I came with with that arrangement, and I made a recording of me doing all the other parts, and I play that, and then I sing the lead on top of that. So nice. I love that. But for that video, I was like, let's get the guys, man. We're all at home yeah. not doing anything. So I sent them all you know, their individual parts. They learned the parts and uh, recorded them and sent them back to me individually, and I mixed them together. Mixed them all together. It sounded so good. And yeah. that's, so that's good. the key that it was Frankie fun. sings Sherry in these days, A major. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just- it's so much easier. <laughs> oh, I know. And that's the key that when they're in the movie when they're all singing under the street oh, lamp at so the end. it's so much easier. So much mm-hmm. easier because uh, you're, really, you're really only going up to a C sharp maybe a d the highest yeah. note in that yeah um and that's the key that they're singing mm-hmm. in the movie yeah. at the end when they're all under the street lamp and that yeah and a lot of pe- yeah. a yep. lot of people don't know that that's the key that frankie sings that's in the one baby that's right <laughs> mm-hmm. he's earned he's earned that right we'll oh, let him do that yeah. yeah we will we will for sure for sure <laughs> yes oh and well just just doing like silver bells and silent night too like because I always say this, like Jersey Voice to me feels like church. It feels like home. It feels yeah. like Christmas. Like when you think of this music, it brings you back to that frame of mind, like yeah. that beautiful, peaceful frame of mind. And you nailed and, it. No, well, thank you. What's, thank you. What's cool yeah. is because they, they it's, it's like you said, it's, it's like that concept album. Um, yeah. It, the two songs that I did, the Silver Bells one, um, when they approached me with it, they said, think about this song as, you know, the scene in the church with Nick. That's the kind of, that's the, the Frankie that we want for this song. That's the vibe we're going for with this tune. Cause if, if you listen to it, it's got it, you know, he's in a church by himself, you know, singing. And then he walks out into the, the, the open air and you can hear the bell, you know, the Salvation Army bell. And, uh, for the other tune that I did, uh, Breath of Heaven, they approached me to think about this as uh, Frankie Deering Fallen Angel. 
to approach the tune that way. So, and they did that with with all the guys. With all in the of song. Them, they were yeah. like, okay, okay, for this song, you know, this is where we want you to think Frankie is. And they did that with all of us. So. Uh, I wow. love the the Santa medley. That's totally big three. Totally like absolutely big girls. Yeah. And they yeah, they yeah. took the, the 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 ending is the that's the end yeah. of Act One, um, yep. which is also how they end Walk Like a Man on the cast recording. But yep. and, which confused me when I first saw the show because it's like da 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 da. It, it confused me too, man. I was like, I thought, you know, I thought that was the end of something, and then in the show, it just keeps moving. Yeah, exactly. And I and yeah. but I, I love that. And I'm so yeah, glad they great. kept that at the end of Act One. It's but, really cool. Yeah. So well, I have to reiterate the fact that this is a Christmas concept album. Brilliant. Holy yeah. shit! Fucking this is like, of course, Bob got it with his with his concept album, but it's also very Beach Boys of them. Yeah, and totally, man. It, it's totally like like Little Saint Nick. Ron. How yeah. Beach Boys of you. Travis has a new Christmas yes. song. Yeah, um, baby. Please tell us. It is. It's called Holiday with Me, and it's about you know uh, feeling overwhelmed during Christmas and just running off to an island somewhere and celebrating on a beach. Nice. nice. That's hey, what it's about. Come to Florida this year. Yeah, we'll here. you got a place and to I, stay. I think, you got, I think you guys will dig it because it's got. It's definitely got uh, a. 60s groove and the the bgvs on it are are like this little doo-wop group and it, it's re- it's really cool i really love it i'm so proud of it and I, and I can't wait till everybody hears it please enjoy this clip of travis's new single holiday with me which has been climbing up the itunes charts now we have the ability to bring this song to even higher heights so please buy his song it is only one dollar and 29 cents travis is not asking us to do this we are plugging it completely on our own but friends this song is a bop we can buy it enjoy it and bring it into the new year because lord knows we need that joy so stay warm and keep singing. Hop in my sleigh, girl, is built for two. Let me tell you what we're gonna do. We're still always where the sun always shines, and that trade with breeze fills the air. That warm, sunny place, palm trees instead of pines. We'll spin. recorded it here with um, my good buddy Frankie Marino, who is a Grammy-nominated artist in his own right, and he produced wow. it, and uh, he produced my other record as well. Yeah, he worked with on he worked with bomb. you on here's here's Travis Clower, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. He we uh, he produced it. He and his brother produced it. They played all the instruments on it. Uh, they wrote, uh, I think. Five of the tunes, five or six of the tunes, and co-wrote the other ones with me as well. And so those tunes are bopping too. When me and Gia, yeah, me and Gia went kayaking mm-hmm. one day a few months ago, yeah, and we were jamming to the album. Oh, nice! Driving down, I love it, man. I'm so I'm so proud of it. I'm so bummed that COVID hit because I had 
was lining up all these concerts to actually play it live, yeah. and then everything mm-hmm. just kind of like vanished. So, uh, so go buy the record and listen to buy it. Buy the album. record, guys. It's worth exactly. It. Yes, and the fact that you know this isn't just it's you. You have to buy this like your music. That's which right. Is so cool. That's right. Well, what is your favorite Christmas song? What is my favorite Christmas song? Um, I've always been a big fan of you know the oldies. Um, I'll be home for Christmas has always been you know a, everyone's number one. a great one of mine. You know, for, I, I love Bing Crosby, and then um, you know just just the old school vibe and just the the message of it, and um, it just I don't know, man. It just it just rings with me for some reason. Um, one of the ones on my Full Christmas record, Christmas at my place. I do um, uh, count your blessings from White Christmas, mm-hmm. and that's always been one of my Irving favorites. Berlin. Again, again uh, exactly, Irving Berlin yeah. and Bing Crosby. You put them together, and you can't go wrong. Amen. But uh, if you haven't listened to that Christmas seen. record, listen to that one too. Get. Especially the last tune. My whole family's on that one, and it'll melt oh, yeah. your heart. Wow. It'll melt your Got heart. The whole family on Need there, the guys. Family and the Christmas at that's my right. place. Travis Clower. Get it. Get it. Just get it. Get it. Get, get it, it before. Come on. Yes. Get it before. The 2020 Bing Crosby, everybody. That's right. This and is... what's the name <laughs> of the new one coming out? Holiday with me. Holiday with me. So Christmas at my place and then go holiday with me, okay? So right. At the beach. At That's the right. Beach. Go holiday. Right. It's it's all with Travis Clower, guys. You won't. <laughs> you can't go wrong, people. You can't. You can't, can't go wrong. You, Come you on. Can't. Come on. Go Bathing wrong. suit and a Christmas hat. That's right. And you're ready to go. <laughs> That's right. You enjoy. <laughs> the pina colada next to you, and you're That's good. That's right. Oh, that's that right. So, last thing. You've been doing cabaret for years, too. Mm-hmm. What makes a good cabaret show, uh, in your opinion? In my opinion, it's uh, singing songs that, that people like to hear, first and foremost. Okay. Um, you can sprinkle in a couple that, that they don't know, you know, uh, but make sure you do them well. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I think the big key, the, the the big factor is you can win people over with music they don't know as long as you are personable and you present yourself that – at least the way that I approach it, I, I make it the kind of thing where I'm bringing people into my living room to hang out with me and to hear yeah. me sing some songs. Not like, hey, I'm going to be on stage singing some songs for you in the audience and I hope you like them. Not that – I just don't roll that way. You know, I like to mm-hmm. have this – this this relationship, you know, a, a personal relationship with the audience. And since Jersey Boys is closed, I've been out on the road uh, and and casinos and clubs and uh, cruise lines, and I've really found that that's the main key is to be able to make that connection with whatever music you're doing. If you're not connecting it to the audience, then they're just kind of like, eh, that was great. Let's go do something else now. Hmm. How do you open your shows? To establish that connection, uh, I come out and smack people over the head first of all with some, with uh, you know just <laughs> songs. I, I get them involved. You know the nice. first the first couple tunes that I do, I I automatically make them. I do like a sing and repeat. Like I'll sing a line and now you sing it. Now I sing. That's it, so frank. I sing it. You sing it. That's yeah, so totally, frankie. man. <laughs> totally, absolutely. And uh, I I just like. Audience involvement. I like I like to get people to relax, to make them feel like they're not at a show. You know what I mean? Like they're here to have some fun too. That's yeah. why you came to the show to have some fun. So let's exactly. have some fun. Exactly. You know. 
Right. What are you gonna do? Go back to the hotel room and rinse your socks off? That's right. Come on. <laughs> rinse out your, rinse socks. out your socks. Oh my god. That line. Every time I had to say that line, I was just like, "That's disgusting." <laughs> Me and Zia have had considerate conversations about what that line means, um, and we'll leave it at that. So gross. <laughs> yes, let's please oh, leave no, it the, at that. Is the detail. Yes. That that is the definition of show not tell. You're not your kidding. You're not kidding. So we're gonna play a little game we call Ooh. the seasonal matchup game. Um I'm scared. Oh yes, we have we have prepared Travis for this game. Um we have done similar versions, but this one we curated specifically for Mr. Travis Clower. Oh um, my god. Basically, <laughs> I have to do good now. <laughs> we're going to we're going to throw out a line and you know what? You don't even have to finish it. You don't even have to say who said it. You just have to bonus points if you can say who said it. But all okay. you have to do is tell us which season it's from. Okay. Like I can do that. Exactly. It's yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You're gonna be, okay. you're gonna be fine. It's gonna be great. What you got? What you got? Okay, Gia, you I wanna go one. first? Sure. Great. Okay, here we go. It's a Tommy Lime. I so okay, Strongzo, get off my case and lay off the booze while you're at it, shithead. Oh, I am gonna say that's spring, right? I would say summer. Because so so this is when when Bob like they're just so Bob is running late. And they're in Frankie's house. Yeah, and, the phone and call. And Mary's like, yep, yep. 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 So, and, yep. Just, and I'm getting and I'm getting my massage. Right yeah, sure. getting the yeah. massage exactly. I'm getting my shoulders yeah. rubbed. <laughs> Asshole. Let's run the numbers again. <laughs> you run the numbers. You sound like a cat in here. There earlier. we go. Doggone it. <laughs> it's early summer though, right? Early, very early. Yeah. So it was it was springish. Yeah. It was spring. Springish. Spring-ish. You know De- what? Definitely springish. All right. And all right. you're you're good. It's all good, man. All right. So I Come got on. you one. I got you one. Okay. Go. Um. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. I don't know. Maybe it's like the guy <laughs> said. <laughs> some are born great. Some have greatness thrust upon them. It's some achieve go. greatness, then fuck it up. It's the very beginning of winter. Yep. Yep. There you go. I think. I Bye. think you said. Frankie. I did say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said I've said that a few times. Yeah, you said that a few. <laughs> um, you got another one, Gia? Oh, I got I... one more. I'm looking. I'm Come looking. on. Okay. Uh, he's looking. He's okay. Look. Check this out. Um, you got one. Got? I got one. Okay. I'm thinking. What's next? Yeah. It'd be nice to go out. It, it'd be nice to go on just like this forever. But I'm looking ahead. A world tour. A concept album. Put enough money together. Maybe we start our own label. It's Bob. Mm-hmm. After the big three, you're right. It's Bob and it's summer, but it's it was later, right after dawn. After dawn, right yeah. before the handshake, right, right before the end of Act One. Yeah, right before Norm yeah. comes in. So I, I, th- I think you're talking about the handshake before a oh, what a night. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, no, it's okay. Totally, but it was Bob. It was Bob. Right. So you see, you yeah. get you get points. You get because you said who it was. So right. he gets uh-huh. extra points, guys. Ha-ha. So he's racking them up. He's racking. Take that. <laughs> he's racking them up. <laughs> okay, okay, we got one more. Come on. Okay, it's your line. Here we go. All right, so she gets up on the coffee table and sings, I can't give you anything but 
Love, Daddy. First song I ever knew the words to. That is Talking to Lorraine at the Bar. Yes. So that's still winter. Yeah. Isn't it? Nope. Yes, it is. Actually, it's fall Fall. because Nick talks right after. Oh, Nick's talk. Doggone it. (laughs) Yep. Nick's following right after. Yeah. (laughs) That's what Nick says. You know, sometimes it just clicks with people. And after Uh, the night we're with Mary. That's right. Yep. I lost. No, you're doing good, man. (laughs) I don't want to. Okay. (laughs) Bonus. I don't want to seem, you know, ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. But let's face it, we put Jersey on the map. <laughs> is that my? Is that what I gotta guess? Well, so you just have to guess. Yeah, the, exactly. That's the one you have to. That guess. line. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's at the top of the show. It's there spring. There we go. There you go. Boom. You see, it's all about. <laughs> it's all. Here, the crowd goes wild. It's wild. <laughs> <laughs> and on a scene and note. And on right? a scene oh. note, exactly. You see, in this podcast, <laughs> we all handle the C notes and the bowling pins. Okay. That's right. And the bookings. And the okay. bookings. That's right. <laughs> so That's right. thank you so much for coming on, Travis. This you guys, was, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to been hang out and talk blast. about all this stuff again yeah. and just relive this this great Yay. part of my life that, yeah. I, that I hold very dear to my heart. Yay. Thank you so much for listening, guys. This has been another episode of Silhouettes JB Podcast. Uh, check us out wherever you can listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor, um, Google Podcast Breaker. Um, thank you, Anchor.fm, for sponsoring us, for distributing us, and for putting, for getting us right to the top. Uh, yeah, check out Travis Clower on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, the sky, wherever you can find him. <laughs> I mean, listen. the stratosphere. That's right. Check out his Christmas, uh, his Christmas album, uh, Christmas at My Place. Right. That's it. And then check out his Christmas song, Holiday uh, With Me. Holiday With Me. Um, follow him everywhere. Thank you so much to my fabulous co-host, Gia. Salud. And happy happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. All of it. All of it. We love you guys so much. Let's shed some light. Let's share some light. A salud. Salud. Sugar, let's go get a Mai Tai.